Then in Surah Taha, verse 7, Allah says, Ya'lamu wa akhfa. Allah knows the secret and that which is even more hidden than a secret. What can be more hidden than a secret? Well, not every secret is hidden. You tell somebody something, brother. It's just a secret. Okay, don't tell anybody. So he goes and tells at least one person because one person, telling one person is not a secret. Telling two people maybe is a problem, but telling one person, it's okay. Right? I'm not giving you a fatwa. I'm just saying that's what people think. There's multiple verses anyway. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all of this, He underscores the point about the intense and in-depth amount of knowledge that He has. Like it's mind-boggling what kind of knowledge He has. جل جلاله وعم نواله والصلاة والسلام على سيد الحبيب المصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى آله وصحبه إلى يوم الدين أما بعد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لله ما في السماوات وما في الأرض وَإِن تُبْدُوا مَا فِي أَنفُسِكُمْ أَوْ تُخْفُوهُ يُحَاسِبْكُمْ بِهِ اللَّهِ فَيَغْفِرُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيُعَذِّبُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ وَاللَّهُ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ So dear ulama, dear brothers and dear sisters and uh, our dear friends and listeners at home we are looking at this really, really important verse that has been recited already in Taraweeh in the last few days. It's verse. It's uh, the second to last verse of Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 284. This is considered to be a very, very important verse. The, the purpose of this verse is to actually give us a really important principle and really important information regarding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our faith. So that's why I've chosen this particular verse today to, to, look, at, uh, to look at what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, لِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَمَا فِي الْأَرْضِ For Allah is everything in the heavens and the earth. So that's an absolute statement that everything in the heavens and the earth as we know it. And that pretty much includes everything. There's nothing beyond the earth and the heavens. So in the samawat and in the earth, everything belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's the first thing he says, everything belongs to Allah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, if you reveal anything, no, if you reveal that which is in your heart, that which you think about, that which crosses your mind, thoughts that you have, if you reveal it and you vocalize it and you say it to somebody, or you keep it hidden, where nobody knows, nobody reads your mind. Thank Allah for that. So you either reveal it or you leave it in your mind. يُحَاسِبْكُمْ بِهِ Allah will account, will reckon you for that, will take you to account for that. So everything that we clearly say, that's recorded anyway. People see it, somebody's going to notice it. If nobody's going to notice it, then our phones will notice it if we have them around us nowadays, right? But this is talking about beyond that, which is that even what you just think about in your mind and you don't even reveal, you don't even bring out. 
Even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take us to task for that as well. And then Allah says, فَيَغْفِرُ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ وَيُعَذِّبُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ He then will forgive whoever he wishes, and then he'll punish whoever he wishes. So clearly that reckoning is the first step, and then after that there's going to be a punishment, or there's going to be a forgiveness. That obviously refers to if there's something bad in there. If it's good, he doesn't discuss that here. Because if it's good, he hasn't mentioned that yet. وَاللَّهُ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has ability over everything. Allah has ability over everything. So the first thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us uh, about in here is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has the kingdom and the ownership of everything. So everything is his kingdom. And he of course, it's not just his kingdom and then he's got other people to look after it. He uh, is knowing of every single thing that happens in there at that very instance. It's not a report that he receives afterwards. It's moment by moment. In fact, it's not even moment by moment. He just knows it even before it even happens. So he's already known it, that everything that's going to happen in this creation, he's already known it. This is a really important uh, verse of Tawheed for us and our understanding of the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So nothing that is apparent or hidden or secret or subtle or concealed is hidden on him. So then what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells the people that once he's laid this foundation, he said, this is what it is. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then tells us that I'm going to, if I know everything, nothing can be hidden from me. And I'm going to reckon you, I'm going to take hisab and account you for everything that you do and everything that happens in your heart that you just think about thoughts even if you dispel them I know about them so I'm going to take you to account from, for that so for example in Surah Ali Imran there's another verse where uh, I mean this this theme is mentioned multiple times in the Quran in verse 29 of Surah Ali Imran Allah says قُلْ إِن تُخْفُوا مَا فِي صُدُورِكُمْ أَوْ تُبْدُوهُ يَعْلَمْهُ اللَّهِ it's just said in a different order. But Allah says, tell them that if you hide that which is in your hearts or you reveal it, Allah knows it anyway. He knew it before you even thought about it. Where are you going to go with that? That's Allah's knowledge, that Allah knows things before you even think about them. From eternity, it's all written. It's, he knows it all. There's no escaping it. I mean, he knows what we're going to say next. He knows what we're going to think about tomorrow. Not what we're going to do tomorrow. That he knows anyway. But what we're going to be thinking about tomorrow. We don't even know that. We don't know what's going to happen and what's going to cause us different thoughts. Maybe you're going to get angry. We're going to, maybe we're going to get excited about something. You know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows all of that anyway. And then he says that for Allah is everything in the heavens and the earth and he has capability over everything. Then in Surah Taha, verse 7, Allah says, يَعْلَمُ wa Allah knows the secret and that which is even more hidden than a secret. What can be more hidden than a secret? Well, not every secret is hidden. You tell somebody something, but it's just a secret. Okay, don't tell anybody. So he goes and tells at least one person because you one person telling one person is not a secret. Telling two people maybe is a problem, but telling one person, it's okay. Right? I'm not giving you a fatwa. I'm just saying that's what people think. There's multiple verses anyway. 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in all of this, He underscores the point about the intense and in-depth amount of knowledge that He has. Like it's mind-boggling what kind of knowledge He has. See, there's a few verses in the Quran. Allah says uh, about the Day of Judgment. Allah says, وَحُصِّلَ مَا فِي sudur." On the Day of Judgment, that which is in the hearts will all be revealed. So what's in the hearts that will be revealed? Essentially, the heart is a database of everything that has happened in its life because that's what makes us. That is what makes us who we are, what we think, our mindset, what we take in, and of course what we then do. All of that is a database. It's there. That's what Allah mentions many years ago to us. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about the ground. He says, يَوْمَ إِذِن تُحَدِّثُ أَخْبَارَهَا بِأَنَّ رَبَّكَ أُحَالَهَا the earth is going to reveal its news, its information, its data. Let's put it in modern terms. The, the world is going to reveal its data. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has inspired it to do that. Okay, so that's number two. There's two things. Number three, we already know about the angels, right? Kiram and Katibin. By the way, just a quick question so we can get this out of the way. Which one is Kiram and which one is Katibin? <coughs> The right one is? MashaAllah, that's really cool. <laughs> and Katibin is which one? The left one, it better be dead. Okay. Have you guys ever asked the angels whether that is their name? They might be offended by this, to be honest. Right? <laughs> They'll actually be very offended if, if you said that to them. Right? Uh, Allah Ta'ala mafas and you guys mafas as well. Right? Because kiraman means noble ones. Kiram is the plural of kareem, which means noble ones. And katibin means writers. Plural of katib. So they're both noble writers. Okay? I mean, unless you want to give a name to them, um, your own personal name to them, make salam to them sometimes, like, how's everything going? I hope I'm doing okay right now, you know? Uh, just take it easy with me, you know, subhanAllah. They've been with us since birth. But it's just to underscore the point that they are so with us. So that's the third. That's going to be in our book of deeds. On the, day my books, uh, on the day my deeds will be displayed, I know for one, I will be afraid. That's just a beautiful line that is. Allah Ta'ala help us. So you've got the deeds, we've got the ground, the earth, and we've got the hearts. And then, if that's not enough, witness against us, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has... The limbs. Basically, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the, the limbs will speak. And we will say to our limbs, what's wrong with you? Why are you speaking for? Against ourselves. But at that time, the limbs, they all become strangers. Because what matters is us. We, as an essence, whoever we are, our origin, our essence, that is what will speak. How are you going to, uh, what kind of evidence do you have against these four things? Now, all of this, the ground, that means anywhere we were. That's why we have this hadith about us praying salat in different places so the ground will bear witness. Literally, the ground is chipped with the most advanced chips in the world that have not even been invented. I mean, this would never have been even conceived before. It just believed in it, but we'd never conceive it. But nowadays, you understand about smart objects where you touch, they register everything. Our phone literally can register exactly where we touch, what we say, which button we press, and everything. Right? Google takes all of that information. Right? But this would never have been understood before. But now you understand Allah has the most advanced technology. Wherever we go, there's a chip that 
or whatever that system is, it's recording what we do on the earth, whether somebody's watching or not. Our heart is literally recording everything. It's so much easier to understand these things now. It doesn't even sound like a miracle anymore. It just sounds default. That's just what it is now. And maybe that's how things are going, just to describe what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and give us an understanding. And that just makes, that should actually make us more fearful, to be honest, because we see it as a reality. So our hands will have a recording of everything we've done with them. Our feet have a recording of the data of what we've done with them. So this is what is being underscored here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He knows everything. Like he knows everything, and even beyond what you can even think about. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in another verse, وَمَا تَسْقُتُ مِنْ وَرَقَةٍ إِلَّا يَعْلَمُهَا وَلَا حَبَّةٍ So, for example, every, every leaf that falls, and there's always leaves falling, especially in autumn, just imagine from a single tree how many leaves fall. Then imagine how many trees on one street in one area, in one town. There's literally billions of leaves. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, simultaneously, at once, He knows exactly where and how every leaf is falling and the purpose that it will fulfill. There's a story I think Ibn Kathir has mentioned uh, regarding this, that once this person had a question about this, and suddenly what he sees, he was outside, he suddenly sees that there's a scorpion. It is racing towards something it's a scorpion on a mission right it's not a scorpion just crawling around haphazardly here and there it seems to be just racing in one direction he decides to follow it like this was really intriguing so he, he sees that as he's going along there's a little stream that's coming up front he's wondering the scorpion is going right uh, towards the stream it means he's going to take a dive in the, in the stream what's going to happen then he watches it as soon as the Scorpion gets to the bank of that, spring, uh, of that spring and then takes a spring into the spring. Suddenly, there's a leaf that just comes floating down from one of the trees and lands right beneath it and the scorpion plops right onto it. So it doesn't drown. That, with the current or whatever it is, that's, that leaf then goes to the other side. The scorpion jumps on the other bank and carries on. He's still on his mission. So he decides, he continues to follow it. He sees in the... In the distance, there's somebody sleeping under a tree. There's a guy sleeping under a tree. And this scorpion is going right in that direction. It's like, oh no, maybe this is, he's, he's going for that guy. But that seemed like such a premeditated effect. But then suddenly he sees that the scorpion doesn't go, when he gets close, he doesn't go at the person. He actually goes at the tree, the trunk of the tree, right? Maybe the guy is behind it. And he climbs up the tree and then suddenly he sees a snake on top. And the scorpion goes and attacks the snake. And the snake falls down on the other side. And the man is saved. Every leaf, that just gives you an idea of one leaf. Now, it's mind-boggling for us to even consider this. That what does he mean by every leaf? What kind of fertilization he might do? What kind of pollination might, might happen? What other things and benefits that might come from there. Allah knows of every drop of rain, for example. And this is exactly what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran. I mean, if you read this, you can't just, you can't help but be amazed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's qudra and his ability. And once you understand that, life becomes more easier to give to Allah. Because when you know that there's someone so capable, then it's easier to give ourselves up to them because what's the point of restraint there? What's the point of trying to fight against 
such an entity is just not worth it. There's nothing about that. So this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is underscoring here. Now, when this verse was revealed, this became very difficult on the Sahaba. They were perturbed. I don't know if anybody is crying already that even what we just think about in our hearts, okay, and this is a question I'm going to ask, right? How many of us, when we heard from this verse that Allah knows what's obvious, that's obvious, but He also knows what's going to be in our hearts and then He's going to take us to task for it. He's going to question us about it. How many of us were worried about that? Let there be, okay, there was one person, two people, three people, four, okay, five. All right, so that's five of us or six or seven of us that were worried about that. The Sahaba were very worried. They wanted full marks, right? They wanted full marks. So for them to think, I mean, we're probably thinking, oh, maybe there's some way out of that. There's some disclaimer somewhere. or There's some way to wiggle out of that. But the Sahaba wanted 100%. So they got worried. They said, they came to the Prophet ﷺ, we can understand that we be taken to account for what we do openly and outwardly. But what about what's inside? We thought that was all... We didn't really think, think about that one. That's going to make life really difficult. That's going to make life really difficult. Imagine somebody says, I'm going to watch what you do. I'm going to watch you in the toilet and the bathroom as well. It's like, come on. You know? So the background of this verse, there's multiple hadith, Imam Muslim, Imam Bukhari, Imam, uh, Imam Ahmed. Many of them have related the background to this verse, which is really important for us to understand. And then the... What I love from this is the reaction of the Sahaba, which really gives us something to go by. So, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this, لِلَّهِ مَا فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ فِي الْأَرْضِ And that Allah knows everything. When He revealed that, that was one of the severest verses uh, for the Sahaba. They came to the Prophet ﷺ. And they literally sat on their knees. Like, they, didn't even, they, they couldn't even sit calmly. They sat on their knees. They sat up on, on their knees. Because when you stand up, that's seen as... Um, uh, uh, not, not a very good adab. So they sat down, but they sat on their knees. Ya Rasulullah, kullifna min al-amali ma Like we've been uh, made accountable for things that we have the ability to do. Like, you know, we, uh, we've been made accountable to pray and fast and not swear and things of that nature. As-salat wa-siyam wal-jihad wa-sadaqa, they said. But then this verse has now come down. Wala How ca- We have no capability. Like, how can we be careful about, how can we govern our thoughts? How can we guard our thoughts so that we don't even think of something bad? Those impinging thoughts that come into the mind, the fleeting ideas. So the Prophet ﷺ, first he told him off. In an affectionate way, he says, أَتُرِيدُونَ أَن تَقُولُوا كَمَا قَالَ أَهْلُ الْكِتَابَيْنَ Do you want to react the way the people of the two books have reacted? their reaction to some of the rulings that would come down for them. Is that what you want to do? So that's what he kind of first admonished them first. And, uh, and, then, the, you, and then do you want to say, سَمِعْنَا وَعَصَيْنَا That we've heard but we're going to disobey because we can't do it. Man, it's too tough. Instead, say, سَمِعْنَا وَعَطَنَا Just say it. Say we've heard and we will obey. And this, this is what really is the crux of this matter for me. When I first read this hadith, I was like, wow. If there's ever a difficulty that you're facing in your religion, in your deen, whatever that is, and then you're like, oh man, this is too tough. This is a, what should be our reaction? I can't do this, man. That's too difficult. 
I don't have any enjoyment in prayer. Let me not pray. Literally, I had that question from someone. Like, I don't get any pleasure. So what's the point of praying? Well, you're supposed to practice and keep doing it until you get the pleasure. You're supposed to do the right things to make that happen. But anyway, he said, say, I, we have heard and we have obeyed. That's your dua. If you find anything ever difficult, this is a dua. I don't know if you find this in any dua book, right? But it's from the Quran, okay? Um, we've heard, we have obeyed. Our Lord, your forgiveness, and to you we're going to come back. That's what you have to say when you find something difficult, and then you'll see what happens. Right? Now, as soon as they said that, they said that immediately. You know, they imagine them all sitting on their, on their, like standing up on their knees, and they all said that. And they said that as soon as as soon as they were able to say that with their tongue, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so merciful. Allah immediately revealed the next verses. And the next verses are Allah literally took that situation. He said, the messenger believes in what was revealed to him from his Lord, the Prophet ﷺ. He believes it. And so do the believers. So do the mu'mineen. They also believe what was sent. All of them believe in Allah and his angels, and his books, and his messengers, and they say, we will not separate between any of, his prophet, any of his messengers, and they also say, or they've said, we have believed and we have obeyed your forgiveness, my Lord, our Lord actually, and to you is our return. He repeated exactly what the Prophet ﷺ told him to say. And subhanAllah, when they did this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then revealed the next verses, لَا يُكَلِّفُ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا Which is later on. لَا يُكَلِّفُ اللَّهُ نَفْسًا إِلَّا وُسْعَهَا لَهَا مَا كَسَبَتْ وَعَلَيْهَا مَا اكْتَسَبَتْ رَبَّنَا لَا تُؤَاخِذْنَا إِن نَسِينَا أَوْ أَخْطَأْنَا And until the end. Which is Allah never makes you accountable. No nafs. He doesn't make anybody accountable for what they don't have the ability to do. They don't have the ability. Like a blind man can never be made obligatory to look at something. You can't do it. Right? In fact, I don't think we're ever obligated to look at anything. Even, an, even a seeing man. Right? If you can't pick up a mountain, Allah will never make you pick up a mountain. So that means everything He has told us to do within our parameters, it's something that we do have the human capability of. So for example, just at the first day of Ramadan, I got a question from somebody who was asking on behalf of a convert in their area, in one of the masjids. She's just become Muslim recently, maybe a month, a few months ago, and she's worried about Ramadan. And I don't blame her, I was worried about Ramadan, that am I gonna be able to fast? You know when you have certain illnesses like diabetes or whatever, you're, you're worried, right? Uh, that how is that fast gonna be? Although the fasts are getting a bit easier, but still you're worried. Right? So she's like, I'm not really sure uh, if I can fast, is there some kind of leeway? So this brother was asking, does she have a leeway? I said, she has no leeway yet, right? Tell her to fast, come after a few days, let's see how it goes. And subhanAllah, every year there's people I know who say that we have, we're always apprehensive because they're not fast throughout the year, they don't have to get, they've got diabetes or high blood pressure, something or the other. So they, 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 they 
are worried. But mashallah, they start even those peak summer days that we had, mashallah, we've just gone beyond that, right? And from next year, it's going to be much easier, okay? But it's already easy, alhamdulillah. And they just find it easy. On a normal day, they couldn't keep without a, you know, some sugar or something for 10 hours, you know, for 5 hours maybe. And here they're fasting for, mashallah, 19 hours, right? You know, the, 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 the earliest time as well, mashallah. So I said, tell her to fast. And then, and likewise, pregnant women and breastfeeding women and ill people, you fast. Remember, when you go to a doctor, a doctor is going to give you the standard uh, reply because they don't want to get in trouble. So that's why if you've got a complication, that's different. Otherwise, you fast and Allah makes things easy because Allah is not going to make you responsible for what you don't have the capability, which means that if you cannot fast genuinely, then you can miss it and fast later. Likewise, if you can't stand and pray, we sit and pray. If you can't sit and pray, you can lie down and pray. There's a way to do that. And then there comes a time when if you can't pray even like that, then your, your, your prayer is forgiven. If you're in that state, like if you're paralyzed, and you can't even move your head for 24 hours, or you're in a coma for 24 hours, you don't even have to pray anymore. For 24 hours, you're, you're, if, you, if it's only for 5-7 hours or less than 24 hours, then you have to make qada. But otherwise, that gets forgiven as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven women their prayer during their monthly periods. Because that just would amount to too much every month. But not the fasting, because fasting is easy. And maximum they'll miss is about 10 fasts. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does never make anybody, and there's always leeways uh, to look at. So that's the backdrop of that. And then after that, everything just became easy. So then what Allah did is that He actually cancelled out that original point, which is that no, you will not be taken to task for your evil thoughts until you don't express them or you don't bring them in action. Uh, the point of a lecture is to encourage people to act, to get further, an inspiration, an encouragement, persuasion. The next step is to actually start learning seriously to read books, to take on a subject of Islam and to understand all the subjects of Islam, at least at their basic level, so that we can become more aware of what our deen wants from us. Uh, and that's why we started uh, Rayyan courses, so that uh, you can actually take organized lectures uh, on demand whenever you have free time, especially, for example, the Islamic Essentials uh, course that we have on there, the Islamic Essentials Certificate, which you take 20 short modules and at the end of that, inshallah, you will have gotten the, the basics of uh, most of the most important topics in Islam and you'll feel a lot more confident. You don't have to leave lectures behind. You can continue to, leave, uh, you know, to listen to lectures, but you need to have this more sustained study as well. Jazakallah khair and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.